born king to see pa-rum-pum-pum-pum. Our finest gifts we bring pa-rum-pum-pum-pum. Who hasn't heard of the little drummer boy? What a great song. Welcome to It's a Religion. This is Ehud, son of Dennis, coming to you live from the Middle West of the divided states of America and to the Republic for which they stand. Two nations under God, quite divided with liberty and justice for some. For those that have connections, those that have money, those that have influence, those that have power, those that have a D next to their name can typically get out of things. Whereas if you have an R by your name, uh, you get uh, you get what's coming to you, apparently. We see this over and over again, this inequality of justice. Uh, because one side, you know, folks that don't truly put their faith and trust in God um, don't do all unto God. They do it unto men. And I read in uh, Colossians this morning... Uh, it mentions in Colossians 3 twice, you know, do all unto the glory of God and not uh, things unto men. In other words, work at being faithful to God and the faith that you have in Him. And don't worry so much about what men think. Don't worry about pleasing men all the time. You know, it's not bad to, to please somebody, to make them happy, to uh, give of yourself to the point or someone else uh, is benefited. It brings someone else joy. But to have that as the focus and, and not focus on your creator, the one who made you, the one who gave you the opportunity to do that in the first place, that is something that doesn't work in God's economy. It doesn't work in the way in which God designed things to be. God wants a relationship with you. He wants to... Uh, see you be fruitful. He wants you to. Uh, let me let me back up. According to God's word, it seems that He wants you to live for Him and live with Him, and in Him and He in you. Forgive me if I ever use the term "God wants you to" or "God thinks." God has given us certain things in His word that we can glean from. And I think there's some confident statements you might be able to make like that, but I don't ever want to be presumptuous with the Lord God Almighty. So forgive me if I've ever said that. Lord, please forgive me if I've ever said that in a way that would not please you. So, so yesterday we read about uh, Laban and Jacob. They're still... Commuting, uh, Jacob was still over in, um, uh, oh, where was he? In Haran, I think it is. And, interesting. Sorry, I'm going through this list on my Christmas thing, and it seems like some of these songs are not available now, which is like, huh? So that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but it is what it is. Anyway, sorry little sidetrack so in the the story of humanity the story of the beginning when Adam and Eve were put on this earth to take care of a garden and then fell 
and then the world delved into deep sin. We have no idea how evil it was and how bad it was back then. But when God said that every thought of man was evil continually, that must have been pretty ugly. You know, we think it's bad today, but, you know, because we don't really know how many people were on the earth at that time. The Bible really doesn't say. There's not a whole lot to glean from in other areas, unless I'm mistaken. And so we've got what we have um, in that regard based on uh, what the Bible says, and that God said, no, we got this one family, we're going to start over. And so he does that. Now we're, we're propagating the earth. We have different people groups coming into play. And the Jewish nation, the one that uh, Christ comes through, the chosen people of the Lord to do this, to do this work, and to at least originally provide to humanity the edicts of God, the way in which God would want us to live, the understanding God would give us of what sin is and why it's it's not good for humans to sin, to live in sin. And though it may bring pleasure for a moment, uh, it really doesn't do uh, anything. It, it brings emptiness. It brings um, just a lot of bad stuff along with it. So um, with that, we were in chapter 30 yesterday of Genesis. We were all the way up through Abraham, Isaac, and now Jacob. Jacob has four wives at this point and uh, 11 sons. Uh or 12, it's somewhere in that neighborhood. I, I lost count after the fifth one that, that Leah had. Now, Jacob heard, now we're reading from chapter 31, and that's, again, in, in this show, that's where we start, in the Word, the Word of God. And uh, everything else comes out of that life, um, how we pursue life, how we uh, operate in this realm of God's uh, creation. And um, it's a beautiful thing. So now Jacob heard that the sons of Laban were saying, Jacob has taken all that there was of our fathers. And from what was our fathers, he has gained all this wealth. Well, Jacob just worked by the rules that, that Laban had set forth. So he wasn't, you know, he was being somewhat deceptive in that he was using these rods apparently to uh, did something with the goats that, that made them all spot, spotted and speckled and, and it wound up that all these goats were his. Well, Laban had already, uh, you know, deceived Jacob in that um, Jacob worked seven years for his daughter, Rachel, and then Laban gives him Leah without him even knowing it. I still understand how that works. And Jacob saw that Laban did not regard him with favor as before. Then the Lord said to Jacob, Return to the land of your fathers and to your kindred, and I will be with you. So Jacob sent and called Rachel and Leah into the field where his flock was. And he said to them, I see that your father does not regard me with favor as he did before, but the God of my father has been with me. You know that I have served your father with all my strength. Yet your father has cheated me and changed my wages ten times. But God did not permit him to harm me. If he said the spotted shall be your wages, then all the flock were spotted. And if he said the striped shall be your wages, then all the flock bore striped. Thus God has taken away the livestock of your father and given them to me. In the breeding season of the flock, I lifted up my eyes and saw in a dream that the goats that made him with the flock were striped, spotted, and mottled. Then the angel of God said to me in the dream, Jacob, and I said, Here I am. And he said, Lift up your eyes and see all the goats that 
mate with the flock, are striped, spotted, and mottled, for I have seen all that Laban is doing to you. I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed a pillar and made a vow to me. Now arise, go out from this land, and return to the land of your kindred. Then Rachel and Leah answered and said to him, Is there any portion of inheritance left to us in our father's house? Are we not regarded by him as foreigners? For he has sold us, and he has indeed devoured our money. All the wealth that God has taken away from our father belongs to us and to our children. Now then, whatsoever God has said to you, do. So God arose and set his sons and his wives on camels, and he drove away his livestock, all his property that he had gained, the livestock in his possession that he had acquired in Padan Amram to go to the land of Canaan to his father Isaac. Laban had gone to shear his sheep, and Rachel stole her father's household gods. That one just really, like, what? How does she not uh, recognize what's going on with that? I mean, Laban's gone, and Rachel somehow uh, is after the household gods, whatever those were. I'm sure there's somebody that's better in history than I am that could comment on that. And Jacob tricked Laban, the Amorian, or Aramean, by not telling him that he intended to flee. He fled with all that he had and arose and crossed the Euphrates and set his face toward the hill country of Gilead. When it was told Laban on the third day that Jacob had fled, he took his kinsmen with him and pursued him for seven days and followed close after him to the hill country of Gilead. But God came to Laban, the Aramean, in a dream by night and said to him, Be careful not to say anything to Jacob, either good or bad. And Laban overtook Jacob. Now Jacob had pitched his tent in the hill country, and Laban with his kinsmen pitched tents in the hill country of Gilead. And Laban said to Jacob, What have you done that you have tricked me and driven away my daughters and taken captive like captives of the sword? I'm surprised at that statement too, because they're his wives. They're not Laban's daughters anymore. He gave them to Jacob, to wife. Why did you flee secretly and trick me and did not tell me so that I might have sent you away with mirth and songs and with tambourine and lyre? And why did you, yeah, like Laban was going to do that. Why did you not permit me to kiss my sons and my daughters farewell? Now you have done foolishly. Well, that's true, but the statement before that sounds like a politician, doesn't it? <laughs> I would have done all this for you if you had just given me a chance. It is in my power to do you harm. You think that was a good Bill Clinton? I mean, I haven't tried to do his voice in a long time. But the word, but the the, but the God of your father spoke to me last night, saying, be careful not to say anything to Jacob, either good or bad. And now you have gone away because you longed greatly for your father's house. But why did you steal my gods? Jacob answered and said to Laban, because I was afraid, for I thought that you would take your daughters from me by force. Anyone with whom you find your God shall not live. In the presence of our kinsmen, point out what I have is yours and take it. Now Jacob did not know that Rachel had stolen them. So Laban went into Jacob's tent and into Leah's tent. And into the tent of the two female servants who did not find them. And he went to Leah's tent and entered Rachel's. Went out of Leah's tent and entered Rachel's. Now Rachel had taken the household gods, put them in the camel saddle and sat on them. Laban felt all about the tent, but did not find them. And she, he said to her, Let not my Lord be angry that I cannot rise before you, for the way of women is upon me. So he searched, but did not find the household gods. Then Jacob became angry and berated Laban. Jacob said to Laban, What is my offense? What is my sin that you have hotly pursued me? 
For you have felt through all my goods. What have you found of all your household goods? Set it here before my kinsmen and your kinsmen, that they may decide between us two. These twenty years I have been with you. Your ewes and your female goats have not miscarried, and I have not eaten the rams of your flocks. What was torn by wild beasts I did not go, did not bring to you. I bore the loss of it myself. For my hand you required it, whether stolen by day or stolen by night. There I was. By day the heat consumed me, and the cold by night, and my sleep fled from my eyes. These twenty years I have been in your house. I served you fourteen years for your two daughters, and six years for your flock, and you have changed my wages ten times. If the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac had not been on my side, surely now you would have sent me away empty-handed. God saw my affliction and the labor of my hands and rebuked you last night. Then Laban answered and said to Jacob, The daughters are my daughters. The children are my children. The flocks are my flocks. And all that you see is mine. But what can I do this day? For these my daughters, for their children whom they have borne. Come now, let us make a covenant, you and I, and let it be a witness between you and me. So Jacob took a stone and set it up as a pillar. And Jacob said to his kinsmen, Gather stones. And they took stones and made a heap. And they ate there by the heap. Laban called it Jegger Sahadutha. But Jacob called it Galid. Laban said, This heap is a witness between you and me today. Therefore he named it Galid. And Mizpah. For he said, The Lord watch between you and me when we are out of one another's sight. If you oppress my daughters or you take wives beside my daughters, although no one is with us, see, God is witness between you and me. Then Laban said to Jacob, See this heap and pillar which I have set between you and me? This heap is a witness, and the pillar is a witness, that I will not pass over this heap to you, and will not pass over the heap and pillar to me to do harm. The God of Abraham and the God of Nahor and the God of their father judge between us. So Jacob swore by the fear of of his father Isaac and Jacob offered a sacrifice in the hill country and called his kinsmen to eat bread and they ate bread and spent the night in the hill country early in the morning Laban rose and kissed his grandchildren and his daughters and blessed them and then Laban departed and returned home so all's well that ends well right uh, but Jacob still has the issue of Esau before him and in this case, you know, there was a lot that went on between Laban and Jacob. And yet, um, it seems like Laban came out of it okay. It sounded like uh, Jacob kind of worked over six years and, and got most of the, um, the flock that had been born. And so Laban was now um, in a lot less position than what he had when Jacob first went there. And it's pretty interesting, you know, that the way in which God works and those that he blesses and those that, that um, seem to be cursed, and yet God uses all this stuff for his purposes, and many of which we don't know. So um, we have to be careful what we assume is right and true in that sense about uh, how he does things or why he does them or what he allows and what he doesn't allow. You know, he's given us pretty clear instructions through the life of Jesus Christ in the New Testament, how we are to live and what our uh, thoughts and what our purposes should be. And um, I look at the Old Testament more of a historical document. Like I said, it points away to Christ and the need for Christ. And um, 
gives us a good foundation of what occurred back in the day that was written down for our benefit. Lord God Almighty, we thank you for that. We thank you for words that give us uh, what happened way back when. We give us. We thank you for giving us the history of things, um, the way in which we need to understand how we got here and why we're here and what the purpose was of bringing our Lord Jesus to earth. And uh, we thank you for that. Thank you for creating all this, for sustaining it, and for giving us uh, life, Lord, and an inheritance someday. So we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. So thanks, guys, for coming by. Uh, pray you all have a blessed day. And uh, if you're going to church today, worship God in spirit and in truth. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And since we've no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Man, it doesn't show signs of stopping. And I brought me some corn for popping. The lights are turned way down low. Let it snow.